0: Welcome to the Tipsy Theology Podcast, where we believe it's okay to date a non-Christian, as long as you try to convert them. No, hi, no, it's no, what,
1: it's
0: what, <laughs> how are you?
1: Good, good, that's good, we're into it now. Oh, we're in the podcast, we're into the podcast, Just the podcast has started, okay. It was so fluid,
0: so. you didn't even know we got into it.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I, you know, sometimes I'm just not paying attention. You know, I'm in my own little. Well, to be fair, I didn't warn you. (laughs) Christian world in my brain where everything is perfect. This little bubble
0: you got built up. (laughs) Well, to be fair to you, I didn't, I didn't tell you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You know, there was no preparation for this at all. Yeah, we just kind of went for it. Paul was like, you know what, Noah, just come in for this podcast and I'm going to ask you all these questions. And by the end of it, you know, you'll have your identity yeah hopefully <laughs> but to give you a little bit of some you're you're like a,
0: a nearly full time missionary
1: i I wouldn't say nearly full time either I, I have this weird relationship <laughs> nearly <the>, part time <laughs> nearly part time I have this weird relationship with the word missionary um Why's so that? uh the word missionary it kind of implies a lot, doesn't it i mean yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> not wrong. Uh, when you hear a missionary, you think about a person who uh, has dedicated their life to a particular country or a people right. group. Uh, we think of somebody. like
0: international, yeah. lifelong, like focused mission work.
1: Yeah. And, and I am like the aspiring missionary because I'm not, you know, I don't have a specific people group that I'm working with full time, you know, where I'm taking sabbaticals and, you know, all this other stuff that you know, the term missionary implies. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know what to call myself, but people will just keep, you know, they, they attach that term to to me and my identity. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean,
0: I guess, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that for sure because I want to hear more about, yeah.
2: Who are you?
0: <laughs> who am I? Who are you? Who am I? <laughs> but <laughs> we also, for those who are listening, we have this cool little, like, globe decanter what I got for my birthday was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got so it has all the it has all the countries on it, minus Antarctica at the bottom. They kind of left them out.
1: Yeah, they did. <laughs> but you know, I I begged Paul, I begged Paul to bring this because I I felt like it matched the the topic of choice for today. It did. It did. You know, I mean, who doesn't want a globe, you know, on their desk? And there's a nice cool little thing.
0: sailing ship in there. Yeah, you know. Well, that's what's cool. I think I was, I'm like afraid because I was like, okay, how do I pack this so it. Stays intact. <laughs> I don't want it to break. I like
1: it. Well, I wouldn't want want it to break either. But you know, you
0: wanted it to break.
1: It, <laughs> see, I'm just secretly like, <laughs> like <laughs> break it. <laughs>
0: but anyway, we got our first shot up. Cooper's okay. Cooper's mark. Okay. This is uh yeah. I've never I don't I've never actually tried this before. Um, we I made it in a drink once, but I couldn't really get a good like taste of it. So this is, this is going to be an interesting one. But this is uh, your bourbon whiskey.
1: Oh, it's already poured. Look at that. Cheers to you. Wow. Cheers. Wow. Mm.
0: That's good. It's kind of like a mix. So the guy who I bought it from, he said it's kind of a, oh, what did he say? I wish I could remember what he said. <laughs> it's like a mix between two. It's actually not too bad. I actually kind of like it. It's definitely like really strong. It's got, yeah, it's very, very, very strong. Yeah, I was expecting more of like a Maker's Mark flavor from it. I think because it's called Cooper's Mark, <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely like tastes more powerful than that. And that initial hit.
1: Yeah, no, the the hit like it got me, and then yeah, the flavor came. You know, and that was that was what made the difference for me in that okay. little shot. Yeah,
0: it's kind of nice. That's not yeah. too bad. I actually kind of enjoy that. Right, but hey, now that we're here, actually, what what so what are your thoughts on alcohol? Now that you've had it for oh. a first shot, <laughs> what do you, so what do you think about it?
1: So I have a, I actually have an interesting backstory um, to my first time having a glass of alcohol, and it was definitely not intentional. Uh, you know, I. I got to a point in my life where I was like, you know, alcohol is not wrong, but I'm not really interested in drinking it because I never have. And I'm going to go, see, I'm going to see how long I can go without having a drink of alcohol. Mm. So I had a friend who really, really liked to go to bars and drink socially with me. We'd have like a couple drinks or something, but I would yeah. have, you know, obviously version stuff. Um, but we went one time and this one drink that I got, it was like a mocktail. And I was mm. like, man, this is so good. Like, <laughs> I love this drink. So I asked the person if I could have another one. So he told somebody else to make it, but they made it like, uh, like a oh, double shot of gin. Oh, they didn't know it was gin. supposed to be a virgin. Yeah, yeah. They added like a double shot of gin. And like nice. I drank it and I was like, <laughs> what is this? Like, why does this <laughs> taste so weird? And I gave it to my friend. He's like, you don't know what alcohol tastes like. Uh, and uh, and that was my first time. And, you know, after that, uh, I just started you know, I just started drinking at that point, you know, um, because I was like, you know, it's no point anymore. My record is broken. I'm 23 <laughs> years old. You know? it was
0: At that point, it was no, not like I like it wasn't a conviction. It was more of like I've
1: got a streak. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a streak of not drinking, you know, um, and that's I wanted to keep it. But, you know, after it was broken, it was like, you know, it's OK. It's okay. And uh so Let's overindulge. No, yeah. no. Let's 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 get drunk. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. We get tipsy on this seriously.
0: show. <laughs> so no. wait, so was there any what was it like for you growing up? Was there like a um an issue with that? Like was it frowned upon or was it just like no one cares? Like what was that for you growing up?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. Um when I was a kid, I w- I was raised in a fundamental fundamental Baptist church. Okay. And everything, like, it seemed like everything in the world was a sin. Like, you couldn't go to the movies, <laughs> you couldn't listen to music, because music was of the devil. Yeah. You know, you couldn't drink alcohol, you couldn't get tattoos. You know, I mean, if you drank alcohol, like, you were, I mean, I, I literally saw them, like, carry out a person with tattoos one time that walked in. It was really? It was intense, yeah. It was very intense, and uh, <sighs> those are the kind of people, you know. yeah. <laughs> like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> so I was taught that all that stuff was wrong. Um, and then eventually we all got sick of it because my mom she she would smuggle like music like <laughs> for us, you
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> and what makes it, what
1: makes me
0: laugh with that too? <laughs> it's just the idea of like, so you do missions work, and I know it's like, especially in like. Missionaries that I know That have done work In like third world countries There's like Oh you smuggle Bibles in <laughs> And she's like The missionary For you guys with music
1: It's true She's like true. Here's a Coldplay album <laughs> <laughs> No it wasn't It wasn't that extreme Okay Coldplay is like Extreme Oh so just like... Yeah yeah So you have, you have to think More along the lines Of like Mark Schultz You know like And uh, Chris Rice You guys remember Yeah um, You know what if cartoons got saved Do you guys remember that this song This is a song He wrote
0: about Lemonade
2: <laughs> <laughs> (laughs)
0: so my brother thomas used to listen to that song a lot (laughs) it was a great song you know he used to play age of empires and listen to lemonade that was his that
2: was his day
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh well anyway so basically what i'm trying to say is that alcohol was like a no-no you know going up uh up until my family kind of left the church. My mom specifically mm. took us out of the church because, you know, she was sick of it. You know, the, the legalism was really, uh, toxic. And, It'll burn you, you know, out. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was, it burned her out, you know, and it burned yeah. us out and she took us out. And I think that was, uh, simultaneously a good decision and a bad decision, you know, because, mm. you know, it was no longer, no longer like legalistic. We could listen to music then. And, you know, uh, how everything. did you,
0: was your dad on board with that?
1: No, he wasn't. he that, oh. That's what made it very difficult. But, okay. um, you know, eventually uh, God brought me to a place where I realized that, you know, that I needed him in my life, you hmm. know, because without him, I, I didn't have an identity. I didn't have um, a concept of like that there's somebody who loves me, you know, that there's somebody who has pursued me and who um, wants to uh, use my life for something uh, glorious, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so he brought me back to church and Mm. that's when I kind of like unlearned all of the, you know, like God will hate you if you do this. And if you do that and more so the, well, you know, God does love you and he does see you, you know, with love and as his creation and, you know, and he, and he's calling to each of us, you know? Mm. Um, did you,
0: did you say you went to, you switched like a AG church afterwards? Um, which one did was yeah. it, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, Assembly was, of God, for people <laughs> who don't know the
1: acronym. <laughs> yeah, it was. So it, Assemblies of God is um, typically very, very charismatic church, but ours was very okay. tame. Just imagine, <laughs> like— just <laughs> Which imagine. is probably
0: better coming from, like, a very strict, like, Baptist background. Mm-hmm. It's probably nicer transition, <laughs>
1: like, into, yeah, like— Yeah, yeah. No holy rollers or anything like that. You don't just. want
0: to jump from like one extreme to another extreme. Be like, oh my yeah. gosh!
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know if I would have been ready for that. So God brought me there, and I, you know, made a new church family, and mm-hmm. um, and then I learned that you know alcohol is, it's it's not wrong to drink it. Like it's you know biblically there's no um, there's no argument for that, that. The only argument we have against alcohol is is the kind of like the drunken spirit. Like yeah, uh, you know, getting drunk um uh, is is mentioned as simple but you know Jesus mm-hmm. drank wine and other people in the bible drank wine um and it was only mentioned as wrong when somebody got drunk you know or had a drunken spirit yeah so yep so now i'm like it's yep. okay um but i i feel like when you work in ministry you have to kind of uh look and see okay are these people that i'm working with is it is it good for me to be drinking While I'm working with a specific people group and that's kind of like that that kind of leads into like, you know Where I've been working for the last six months and you know, yeah, um, so for those of you who don't know me um, I have worked in Central Asia uh, for the last six months um, and that is a place in the world that um, That came out of the Soviet Union. So when the Soviet Union collapsed all these countries gained their freedom um, and Alcoholism, alcoholism is a huge problem there. So, for countries like that, you you know, when you work in ministry there, it's actually advisable not to drink alcohol. You know, not to engage in that lifestyle because, you know, you want to be the best possible example you can be for those people. Mm-hmm. So,
0: cheers yeah. to that!
1: <laughs> oh, here we go, round two. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so that was Jameson. Much
1: smoother, a lot softer. I don't know about that. What that one? That one had more of like a a sour bite to it. Really? I I don't know. Maybe I just don't know how to. I mean, it's you your know. taste buds. You know, it's like it, know. Is, it is. You know, we yeah, all.
0: Yeah, I just taste something different. That's interesting. Wow. Sorry, that's an made illegal. Made
1: water a little bit. That one really. <laughs> yeah. So that one was harsher than the Cooper's Mark. Yeah. The really the last one it, was, it had like a strong bite in the beginning, but it was like more flavor and this one was like bite all the way through flu, flu bite all the way through and flavor so uh yeah i don't think i've ever heard that
0: before i usually consider jameson as like the least bite
1: <laughs> well hey, maybe i'm different just strokes, different strokes different folks that's how it is you know
0: <laughs> different strokes different folks <laughs> yeah so so was that difficult for you then mm-hmm. to go to a place where it's advisable to not drink and be like all right let's uh, abstain here uh so not not saying like oh you were addicted and you you know you're like i need a drink but <laughs> more like <laughs> more like uh you know just kind of force of habit or anything like that more no it's like no it- cuz i feel like there's times where it's like if especially if i'm out with people i don't really think about it and it's like oh yeah they just hand me something it's like oh cool
1: yeah, so I I didn't have any problem with that. I, I mm. you know I didn't drink frequently enough to have like a habit for drinking. Okay. And what helps in that is that alcohol is really expensive. Yeah. Um, and Telling it's expensive us. because it's always <laughs> in high demand because people love alcohol, generally speaking. Um, so, uh, you know, I didn't really I didn't really indulge myself in drinking alcohol even after. You know, the point where I was like, okay, drinking is okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, while I was there, I abstained from it completely. And um, and that wasn't really a huge issue for me.
0: Hmm. That's cool. No, that's good. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that's good. Because I know for me, I would it would definitely be strange to be like, oh, yeah, say no to this now. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it'd have to be a conscious thought because I'm so used to just saying yes. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Especially like someone's offering you something, it's like, oh yeah, cool, sounds good. You know, <laughs> so yeah, that, that, would, that me. would mess with me.
1: That reminds me, there was one time when I had a little uh, break in between, like it was like the end of my fourth month out there. Hmm. I had to, you know, go out of the country because it was all about like a visa thing, you know. Yeah. So my visa yeah. had expired. I had to go to, go out of the country and then come back in. While I was out, I took the opportunity to travel to Tbilisi, Hmm. which is the capital of a country called Georgia, for those of you who don't know. Um, And they are famous for the wine that they make. Hmm. They're world famous. And um, I wasn't planning on trying any of the wine while I was there, you know, because I actually had one of the ministry team members with me. And we went to a, like, an old historical city. I can't pronounce the name because it's just too difficult. Uh, (laughs) We went to, like, it was, like, the first capital of of Georgia. And we went there, and there was all these little shops with a bunch of little trinkets and antiques and cool stuff that they were selling. And we went to this one shop, and this guy brought us back there, and he showed us, like, his winery. And it was really cool. And then, like, he poured a glass. He didn't even ask me. He just poured a glass, and he's like, here, try this. And I was like... Okay, I'll make an exception because, like, <laughs> I didn't ask for this, but if he's offering to it, offering it to me, like, from out of his hospitality, then yes, I'll accept it and not, mm. you know, drink like.
0: You don't want to be super like rude yeah. about it or anything. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So that's that's the only that's the only exception to like I didn't drink while I was out there, you know. Okay. Yeah, which is pretty cool. That's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. It was great wine, though. Uh, I will say. I'm sure if it's it'd... world famous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you got to try it. That's awesome. For sure. For sure. And Next I get time. to try one of my hometown favorites. All right. Bill Seven Bros.
1: You know, that one, that one's not bad. Wow. Not bad. Yeah. Wow! It's, it's <laughs> I I am generally a fan
0: of Jen. Got to be but... a hater on everything, huh?
1: <laughs> you know I'm a hard man to please, so um, that's actually it's not true. It's completely opposite with me. <laughs> that makes it worse now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to hurt your feelings, but so this is it was seven brothers. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I what what didn't I you could, like? I don't know. I, You know, I don't feel like I've gotten to a point where I can say, you know, this is what I didn't like about this alcoholic beverage. Okay. You know? Because I haven't had enough alcohol or tried enough brands to really say, like, oh, this one was more sour or this one was, like, more fruity. Well, you can tell when something's fruity, right? But I don't know. You know, I don't know all the terminology, mm. you know? so. Huh. That's interesting. Huh. Well— my mind's a little
0: blown. You're the only one I've ever heard that didn't like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I didn't like it. I Annie just said it dreams about bad. it at night. That's... <laughs> Listen, I, <laughs> I, I do, I do really like Jen. I'm saying okay? that my feelings are hurt. Whatever. <laughs> I, I like Jen. I do. I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. We're not. I'm we're hurt. Not... I'm hurt. No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. You know, I don't, really don't care. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you. Dinner after this. How about that? And that'll Perfect. make up for
0: it. we're watching we're watching a Nicolas Cage movie later. I don't yeah, <laughs> Nothing can good. hurt me. <laughs> oh man. Well, hey, anyway, we got our, our main brew today. Which is another <laughs> hometown classic Great Lakes brewery. We had another Great Lakes earlier. But you said you're a lager fan. This is the okay. Elliott Ness Amber Lager.
1: I've never had embers before, so this is a first for me. So here's
0: another thing to disappoint you. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this stuff sucks. (laughs) (sighs) Just hurting my feelings
0: left and right here. (laughs) But let me pour it for you, you know, that's the least I can do.
1: Wow, this is fancy, guys. (laughs) Having a glass of beer poured for me. There you go. That looks beautiful.
0: Thank you, thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm worried for you to try it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, he's just gonna trash it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if if it's trashy, I'll pretend it's not this time. How about Yeah, that? just lie to me. Just lie to you. Okay.
0: But if you're telling the truth, it. let me know you're telling the truth. <laughs> Amazing. I know, right? Well, at least we have this decanter for you. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Maybe that'll appease you slightly.
1: Hey, cheers time? to you. It's time. Are we drinking the whole thing right now? Or are we you
0: got to f- chug it. No, it was, no. <laughs> you sip it. You sip it. Okay, okay, okay. We got a whole podcast to drink through it. <laughs> you're right,
1: you're right, you're right. Now that is good. There it is. Are you lying? That's the best part about it. You don't know if I am or not because I said I would, right? I asked you to tell me you were telling the truth
0: if you weren't lying. <laughs> I always lie.
1: <laughs> Perfect. So... <laughs> Work that one out in your head. <laughs> I've already th- tried. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that I'm lying right now? You right. never know.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, so you, you were telling us a little bit about some of your background, but so with missions, like what what brought you to that place?
1: We're going to start with a heavy hitter right now. <laughs> wow, wow. So the story behind why I went into missions or like yeah. why I aspire to be a missionary. So, so um, I'll preface it with this before you jump
0: into yeah, yeah. it. And feel free to jump in on this. So it's like, when we think about missions work, I think it's like, I don't think it's a it's a lost concept to anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure everyone's like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're sure. someone who goes somewhere else. Typically when we say missionary, we think of someone in like, goes to like a third world country. Yeah. Or somewhere outside of America. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like it's typically developing countries that people go to and they go and they teach... The Word of God, <laughs> like, so with that, it's like, yeah, so what brought you, yeah, what what led you to like this is what I want to do with my life,
1: yeah, so my story, the beginning of that desire, came when I was so I was a young Christian, I think I was probably eighteen years old, mm-hmm. you know, I had just gotten back into church, and I was excuse me, um, and I was you know involved in everything, I involved myself in everything I could possibly could. Mm you know i joined the young adult group cuz i was 18 finally and yeah. um you know we were going through matthew and i was at home and i was on the on the phone with my old girlfriend um and uh you know i was reading through matthew no no i'm sorry it was acts and it was acts chapter 1 cuz i had just started reading that after finishing matthew um and on in acts chapter 1 verse 8 it's the second part of the um, it's the second part of the verse there. Um, it talks about, you know, going out and baptizing, like, you know, everything in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit, right. you know, going and spreading the word to the entire world. And I remember reading that and thinking, why are we here? Like, why, like, not like, as in like a, what is the meaning of the universe sort of thing? <laughs> okay,
2: we're not getting into that. you today. rather you're like,
1: yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is life? <laughs> what, what is the meaning of life? No, uh, no that's not what, what, I, what I mean when I say that. I mean, like, why are, my question was at the time, like, why are so many Christians here in America just living in like, like as kings and queens, you know, when our call you know, our direct call is to go into the into the entire world and to, to preach the gospel to every creature, mm-hmm. you know, and and baptize them, you know, in the name of Father and Son and Holy Spirit, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like why are we not doing this? Like, why aren't we all like living in discomfort, you know, like in some third world country and you know, and and preaching the salvation of Christ to people who have never heard it before. And it took me a while to understand that you know, we all have our own callings in life. You know, some people, they work in business and they they make a lot of money and that's that's not a a problem, but God gives people like those preferences or those callings. And it is so that, you know, each cog in the church is rotating. You know, we're all working together for the building of the kingdom. So people who make a lot of money and work in business here in America and live in comfort, like it's given to them, you know, because... God has entrusted them with that, you know, and they can support people who live like me, you know, or who want to live like me, Hmm. uh, Hmm. and, uh, or who wants to live like actual missionaries. I shouldn't even say live like me because I'm not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You sleep in a bed still. (laughs) I'm not sleeping in the dirt yet. So, uh, (laughs) I'm probably closer to that. (laughs) You're right. No, no. Paul sleeps on the floor. For some reason, he let me have his queen size bed while I'm visiting him down here in Florida.
0: I enjoy the floor more.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, the he, bed he is junk. Food. Floor, <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I didn't argue with him because you know, queen size bed all to myself. I, you know, that's not not something I've had for a while. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah. So that reading that verse was the turning point for me like the the one thing that really stood out to me my entire early christian walk when I, mm-hmm. I you know i really became a christian when i was 17 that's when i really dedicated my life to the lord you know that's when i learned who he was and how he saw all of us and um you know after reading that verse i knew i wanted to do missions with my mm. life you know um, because i was 18 i was already like I already had a plan for college. I wanted to study psychology and become a counselor, you know, a counseling psychologist because I wanted to help people, you know, because my family Mm. had been through so much trauma. Uh, A lot of it had to do with psychology and, Mm. um, you know, so I wanted to help people, you know, who had gone through things that I had gone through, um, which wasn't a bad thing. But uh, after reading that verse, like my drive became merged with that. Like it became like, I'm going to get a master's in counseling and then I'm going to go into the mission field and use my master's in counseling mm. to, like, counsel people mm. and, you know, do things that way. Well, after graduating my my fourth year with a bachelor's in psychology, I realized that, you know, I probably wouldn't be a very good counselor, you know, because I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I like helping friends out. But, you know, when I think about the actual career of just letting people pour out everything before you and there's so much uh emotion you know Mm -hmm. there's so much trauma there's so much you know that would be a lot for me i think to to handle you know at least at at this current point in my life you know i don't feel like i'm I'm prepared for that kind of work um so i just decided okay i'm going to work towards going into the mission field and um And then I found an opportunity working with a pastor that I had met through a uh, university-sponsored trip uh, to Central Asia. And he asked me to come back out and spend, you know, like half a year, a year there. So Mm. I I decided to go out and spend half a year. And, yeah, so that's Hmm. kind of the—any questions— with that, or <laughs> you know? yeah, what? No, <laughs> no so I'm
0: curious too. I'm I'm curious about it because you mentioned it a few times about comfort and discomfort. Yeah, and, and I know you've seen I've seen you wear shirts that they seek discomfort. So, yeah, which I guess on a front side, I'm not totally against either. I think we need to challenge ourselves, but you kind of I was interested because you put that as part of um kind of your journey to getting to being a missionary. So like, what, what does that mean?
1: Seeking discomfort. Yeah. So, so,
0: seeking- so I'll, I'll preface it with this as well. So you said that, oh, like, why are we living here in comfort when we should be out, you know, in other, you know, the far parts of the, of the world in discomfort? Like, yeah. what, what does that mean? How does that play a role in it?
1: I, well, I, that thought came to me because um, when you think about the unreached populations of the world— and there are a lot. There are over 6,000 unreached people groups. Sure. And only, I think the statistic, I don't know if it's changed within the last year, but when I checked last year, it was, I think, 0.38% of missionaries, 0.38% of missionaries travel to the unreached people groups of the world. You know, that's, that's less than half of a percent of the missionaries we have. Mm. And none of them are going, you know, and none of the other missionaries are going to those 6,000 unreached people groups. Sure. You know, which is a lot. There's a lot of people that are unreached. Um, yeah. And I think the, I was so harsh when I first learned that to like, I was like, it's kind of harsh within myself and like, kind of like, I don't know. Like I had this idea of like, why aren't we going there? You know, maybe it's because we want to be in comfort and maybe that's a problem. Like maybe, mm. maybe seeking comfort. What does is, comfort mean? Yeah. Let me start with um, that. Comfort means like just seeking So, I I refer to America generally as a rat race, and because you know everybody is trying to improve their lives, you know, materially, usually, you know, Mm. you don't really find a lot of people that are not trying to do that, you know, sure, Um, unless they have no drive towards that, (laughs) (laughs) you know. And I think that uh, you know seeking comfort would mean just seeking to, um, to become more materially successful, Mm. and um, to be more comfortable, like live more comfortably, you know, not to not have, um, to not have the challenges that you would have in, you know, maybe a third world country or uh, a place where you you don't have the opportunity to move up on the social ladder or the economic ladder, I should say, you know, so I wouldn't say that, you know, most people are like that here in America, like in the sense of like, they're just looking for an economic, you know, (laughs) uh, you know for just economic success, because I know a lot of people here who are, you know, really great and they have great pursuits and ambitions mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and they have a heart for the Lord, you know. Uh, I just, I just think that, you know, the, generally speaking, when you look at the world, the world without Christ, what you find is people who are trying to improve their lives, their families' lives, economically, socially, you know, that's, that's kind of the the rat race, you know. Even when you go to other countries, people without Jesus, they they think that, you know, if I could only go to America, you know, if I could only go to the West, I will be rich, my family will be rich, and I won't have to worry about anything anymore. You know, that is the seeking comfort that I'm talking about. Whereas seeking discomfort for me, if you guys don't know the motto yet, uh, it actually comes from a YouTube channel called Yes Theory. And they promote this idea of seeking discomfort and like making risky choices and, not like in a dumb sense, but in a, in a way that, (laughs) you know, uh, in a way that promotes growth. Um, so, uh, seeking discomfort for me though, uh, what it means is, is kind of going against the grain and not like, for me, it's not about seeking material growth, you know, it's not about being rich, you know, for me, like, I don't have a desire to be rich, you know, I don't have a desire to have a big house or you know like a fancy car or you know any of those things in life, and none of those desires are bad, you know you can have those desires. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like for me, uh, seeking this comfort comes above that and it and it goes to you know like I want to be the guy that goes to the people who are not reached with the gospel. you know I want to go to the because if if no one else is going to go, then I want to go mm. you know, and that's kind of like my drive behind all of that. That's cool. Yeah, so it's really just <laughs> forget running water. <laughs> 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 single-tiered goes down my cheek you guys <laughs> <You're
2: can't... laughs>
0: right. yeah actually when he came over to my to my house he was washing his hands he's like this is incredible <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen such technology <laughs> I
1: felt like Gollum
0: you know my precious you know like,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the, he was washing his hands
0: for hours <laughs> <laughs> just turning the faucet on and off <laughs>
1: yeah it was it was like coming into a new world
0: <laughs> You're right it's a whole new
1: world you know <laughs> That's, um that's funny. <laughs> so what do you so what what stories do you have
0: for us? oh man what I'm sure you got something good, <laughs> even you if know, it's not good like so I mean, yeah. it could be as exciting or as boring i mean i've heard I've heard from missionaries mm-hmm. I've heard crazy stories like yeah, one of the one of the guys I know I don't remember where they were missionaries at. I've heard stories about like the church that they were in they were taking communion one time, and someone snuck in and put like poison in the communion cups, and they drank it, and everyone was fine. And the guy, oh gosh. the guy who poisoned him was like, what the heck? Like, who is this God? You mm. know, it's like stories like that insane. But I know there's other stories where it's just like, yeah. you watch TV all day. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right. right. you know, it's you're living a, a long-term life there. Yeah. Which I think is different from, and I'm more in favor of that than I am for like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> short-term missions work. <laughs> I'm not a person, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um. <laughs> I understand the point of it, but, yeah. Okay. So, so like with that, it's like, what, is that, what does that look like for you, then?
1: Okay, so you, you want to hear the stories first, or do you want to hear my opinion on short-term missions?
0: I know. I just threw a grenade into the combo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh... I don't... We don't need to vote. Let's talk about short-term missions. Everyone's fuming now. Okay, <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody's. everybody's <laughs> everyone angry. Who's, everyone who's been on a short-term mission trip, they're like, "What the heck?" <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: I haven't said what I thought yet. So if you're angry already, <laughs> yeah, you need just to take wait. That. Let's just take that before the Lord right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I am. I've never
0: technically been on like a short-term missions trip, mm-hmm. unless you count like helping like a you know a poor community. For like two days. <laughs> because like we did like a like a game or a festival or outreach yeah. for them kind of thing. Like yeah. VBS, I guess you could
1: call that a short term. <laughs> so my opinion is probably going to be very unpopular. Okay? okay. Um, you know, and and more people are kind of jumping on board with with these ideas as well, you know, but the majority still kind of hold to the old ideas about short term missions. Mm-hmm. Um to be honest with you, I don't even like the idea of calling them missions trips, yeah. because it really what it does is it takes the actual idea of mission and the word mission and the term missionary and it waters it down to something that is basic and something that is not very helpful helpful at all in 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 determining you know the the real work that's being done you know yeah. in the world. Um, so short term missions. Um, why do I think that? Um. So, and whenever you do short-term mission trips, you know, the general, the general thing that happens is you go to a country. There, there is a there's already an established ministry there. You know, there's always, almost always, yeah. already an an established ministry there, an established church, some pastor that you're working with,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what is it? You're you're you know, either hugging people on the street and just telling them that Jesus loved them, loves them, you know, depending on if they can understand you or not. Sure. You know, you're helping to set up for a conference, but you're not participating unless you speak the language. Mm. You know, you're painting a church or you're building a church, which can be done by the local population, you know, which is statistically is very damaging, you know, mm. to for for short-term mission groups to go in and, and build churches. You're You're taking... Uh, you're taking like money jobs away the from account. them. Yeah, you're taking jobs away yeah. from people. Um, you're not you're, you're what I what I what I think about it is, you know, it's creating this I, this um, idea of we need the Western church to be successful. Mm. You know, it's creating this idea of I depend on these Americans or whatever mm. country you mm. come from for finances or yeah. for building this church or for getting these things done or for getting this car or for, you know, whatever it is there. And I've seen it firsthand as well. You know, I can, hmm. uh, I can kind of mesh in a story here and, you know, kind of share this with you. Uh, there was a trip, trip I went on um, to, I won't, I won't say the country, um, but there was a group of people in this country all over, you know, the Southeast portion of this country yeah, um, who loved the missionary that I was working with.
2: Hmm.
1: They, they, you know, had a long, long relationship. It was 20-something years, 30 years that this person had been going to these countries for months at a time, sometimes years at a time. And when we went with them, you know, um, what I witnessed was they, tr- I mean, they treated this person, they treated us as if we were gods, Mm. You know, I, I'd never seen anything like it before, you know? Um, and like, you know, and it came down to a point where like where they, um, they were talking about their, their needs, you know, and they're like, Hey, we need money for this. Mm. And our leaders like, well, you know, like, I'm not always going to be here. You know, who mm. do you think your provider is? And they're like, you're our provider. Mm. And. And that just like stopped everything, you know, like and my heart kind of broke a little bit because I'm thinking like, we're teaching these people to, that, that we are their providers. You know, they're no longer relying on God for the things that they need. They're not no longer, you know, um, they're no longer, they're not getting the point of, of Jesus. Jesus isn't a person who comes and fixes all of your financial needs. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that that's his direct you know, mission right. in your life. Jesus is is someone who comes to to align your heart with his own, mm-hmm. you know. And when you get saved, that's the process of sanctification. You know, God begins to turn your heart and align your heart with his. And, uh, and you know, and then you begin to look for him for everything that you need. Mm-hmm. Lord, I need, you know, this thing is going on in my life, you know, you will be done. This is, this is what I, this is what I'm struggling with. This is the, my financial need right now, you know? Um, but I know that you're there and I can hope in you. And, um, yeah, I, we're, oh, wow, this is getting deep. <laughs> uh, so, right. so like, that's kind of the effect of that I've seen in short-term missions. Even this was kind of like half and half. It was like short-term, long-term sort of deal. But, you know, when we, when we, participate in, you know, doing things that kind of create this need for ourselves. You know, the the focus is no longer on Christ and God as the provider. Mm-hmm. The focus then becomes us and we are the ones that are saving them. We are the ones that are improving their lives, you know, and so Yeah yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where that's where, kind of where I've
0: gotten to it as well with especially with like short terms. It's like I don't I mean you've you've shared some stuff that mm. shows it can be somewhat damaging in some ways yeah but I think it's like for us to recognize where it does more for I I think even Trey said this on a previous mm-hmm. episode and it's like it does more for the people that went on it than it did for the people that they went to yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's like yeah for you being the person that went through the trouble of you know raising the funds to go yeah. and then going and you know Maybe even building some buildings or like painting a mm-hmm. church or whatever it is, or just yeah. sitting on a street corner yelling at people <laughs> in a foreign language. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like maybe that's what you did, but that's more beneficial for you than it is for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think and it, I if we a... recognize it in that way, mm-hmm. I think it would change what it is, or maybe even our view on it a little bit. Yeah. But I do. You, what, do you, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. I actually have a statement. I have a solution. Mm. I have. And Get rid is, of it.
2: <laughs> this is a, you know, this is a in
1: the work sort of thing right oh, now. Oh, okay. um, So don't hate me if you think that I'm, you know, theologically interact- inaccurate or, you know, just not, it's not going to work or whatever. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think that short-term missions should be rebranded as inter- international ministerial, um, oh, I just, I forgot it, international ministerial immersion trips.
0: Why do the words have to
1: be longer? It has to be, it has to be longer <laughs> like, because it, it paints a different picture, doesn't it? I mean, think about that. International ministerial immersion trips.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's no longer, the, fo- the idea isn't any longer that you're, you're a missionary now, that you're going on the short-term trip. Sure. The idea is I'm going to this country and I'm experiencing the ministry uh, of, you know, of Christ in another country from another people. You know, and I am like, I'm participating in some way, you Mm -hmm. know, and I'm experiencing this and deciding, hey, is this country, the country that God is calling me to, Mm. you know, and my, my, my fun little uh, acronym, you know, the International Ministerial Immersion Trips, I, 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 if you shorten it, so it's like first letters, it's I might, you know, I might, Mm. I might be a a full-time missionary to this country.
0: Okay. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: So. I feel
0: I, like we could just call it just a, like a vacation with extra
1: steps. Vacation with extra steps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, extra steps. so <laughs> yeah. So like, that's kind of like the, the name solution there. Um, okay. And the, and the other solution is, is to let it be a cultural and ministerial immersion kind of trip, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, don't make the, the main purpose that you're going on this trip, that an idea of I'm going to help these people. You're not. Like, I mean, you might be assisting and build, if you're building a church, sure. like it helps in the short term, but in, in the yeah. long term, it's damaging to a country, right? Yeah. Um, But don't make the idea about you because it's not about you. It's not about you going. It's not about you being, you know, a valuable asset to the people that work in third world countries that are native there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not about that. It's it's about going and experiencing a culture and um, and. God's people within that culture in that country and deciding, God, are you, are you calling me here?
2: Mm.
1: Are you calling me to work with these people, to learn their language, to, to adopt their culture, to, um, to just surrender basically my life to this work, to reach people for, Mm. for your, for your glory. Um, and that's, that's why I think it's so important to change the the terminology that we use for short term trips, because, you know, like when you when you get rid of all the the stuff that says, hey, look at me and look at what I'm doing, you know, and the children that I, you know, have pictures with, you know, like uh, there's there's definitely like. a Yeah, Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I feel like
0: if you start to paint it in that light, you probably have less people going on it. too. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. yeah, I don't yeah. know that 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 makes I I I kind of appreciate that a little bit more too. It's like yeah, let's be more intentional, a little more honest about what this is.
1: Yeah, yeah, and when you do that, when you're when you're honest about what it is, yeah, you know you can enjoy it so much more. It's true. <laughs> That's very yeah. true
0: because you recognize it for what it is.
1: Exactly, and yeah, uh, yeah. So I've been on short-term trips, and I did call them mission trips at the time, but after going and being there for six months Mm -hmm. and you know and it wasn't like a six months of like every day was like a vacation cool like i'm going (laughs) snowboarding and you know horseback riding and everything like that it wasn't like that you know when you go long term you are living with the people you are learning the language you are you know you're learning the culture you are you know you're learning how like how you are just another cog in the kingdom you're not you know, like, it's a blessing for people to have Americans come and live with them and work long term. It is. Mm. And that's, I'm not trying to diminish that part of it, but sure. I'm just trying to take the focus off of us, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah.
0: Well, I think the blessing you can view that as is, you know, the way that, you know, people maybe think about the U.S. in other cultures sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not to say it's a good or bad thing, but it's like, yeah, there there is like a a sense of like, oh, like that's the dream for some people. Yeah, and so when you're over there helping them, or anyone's over there helping them from a Western country, that could be like a privilege for them. Maybe that's a benefit. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I I definitely I appreciate you saying that earlier too. I get I definitely agree, and I think that you know it's it's elevating that culture. And I think that's the important thing, too. So it's not that we're just trying to impose our ideas and stuff onto them, but it's like we want you guys to develop your own culture, your own identity.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, when like there were so many times when I was out there where I was like, man, because I don't know Russian fluently, Mm. that's the language they speak out there in Central Asia, by the way, if you don't know, Uh, because I don't speak Russian fluently in this particular circumstance, I am useless to the ministry. I'm just uh mm. I'm just this American guy that's it's cool that I'm there because I'm American. I'm in like this country yeah. no one's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, you sure, know, sure. Uh but you know that that's as far as it goes. And mm. that there were there were a lot of times out there where I was like, man, like I you know, I had to I had to like be humbled by God because mm. I was like, man, I need to be more like I need to do more. Like I didn't I need to be, make myself more valuable. But God was like, no, like just look at how much this ministry fun- functions well on its own, hmm. you know, without yeah. you. You know? And that's that's the reality that, you know, we all we all need that kind of reality reality check when we go into missions. It's not it's not gonna be a, a thing like where like you're the main centerpiece. Sure. You know, you're not gonna be up there every Sunday preaching, you know, uh for these people unless you unless you become an actual pastor in an actual church, you know. Yeah. Which you could yeah. do, I guess if you learned the language fluently enough to to preach, be able to teach, yeah, yeah. Um, and that that takes a lot of work and so a lot of time.
0: What would you say? What are things that has changed your theology? Now that you have more experience, like doing missions work,
1: something that's changed my theology. Yeah, um, <laughs> so <laughs> I I think that I'm I don't know I feel like there could be. A lot I'm, that sure, I could I'm sure
0: I'm sure there's things that like theologically we hold very. Theoretically, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, in theory, like that's what I would do probably in that situation, or this is what I think in theory, uh, and then we experience reality, and it's like, oh wow, that changes something.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think a good example would be South Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've been to South Asia. I spent a month there, a month and a half, or like a month and a week, something like that. Um, and while I was there, uh, I won't say the country again, just just for yeah, you good, you know that for reasons. Um, but while I was there in South Asia, um, you know, I was just so surprised at the amount of spirituality in mm. South Asia, you know, cause here in America, we have all these distractions, you know, we have technology, we have, you know, all, all the stuff, television and media mm-hmm. and science to kind of distract us and tell us that there is no real spiritual like stuff going on. We don't really see it that much here in America. I mean, sure. um, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it's, it's not, not. It's not public. It's not public, yeah. but it's not popular. It's it's not widespread like it is in South Asia. Um, while I was there, I, you know, there were a lot of instances where I encountered, you know, just really bizarre things. I, I mean, there was a lot of services where people, I'd never seen a truly charismatic service before hmm. until I went to South Asia. You know, where people were yelling in tongues and rolling on the floor, you know, with the slaying the spirit thing and Mm. people falling over and some people looking like they're just paralyzed on the floor and people crying and sobbing and laughing and, you know, like. (laughs) Like, get me (laughs) out of here. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for me, that was a huge shock, you know, because I, you know, and people getting healed as well. That's something I should mention, too, because Mm. there were people that were healed during services, which was. Uh, really fantastic, just to be able mm. to be there for that. I feel um, like each of
0: those is like, like a whole episode on its own.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, and, and, the, and we often have the the this thing like in the West where we kind of scoff at such ideas. You know, like we we because there are fakers out there. We know that there are. Yeah. You know, I'm not, not naming any names right now, but you know, there are definitely some false teachers and false preachers mm-hmm. out there that fake healings that they they fake the slain in the spirit thing they fake the tongues thing but yeah yeah you know and there are people out there that do it too um but out there you're more likely to see something real and mm. um, i have i have a really good example something a little more bizarre something a little different than yeah. maybe what, what you've heard before <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there was a, there was
1: a time where we visited an orphan orphanage in a very unheard of village mm. um it was in the middle of nowhere it felt like and uh, you know, at the in this village or town or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, this orphanage was ran by two Christians, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, one guy from the west and, and and one one person who was native, more native um, to the region, um, and they had about you know fifty, sixty kids, you know, that they were taking care of. Uh, this country is very sad, and and in, in a lot of ways, in how they deal with child deformities. You know, mm. and when babies are born, or if they're born a woman, sometimes, like if they're born with a deformity, wh- what they do, this is a confirmed thing that we've, we've heard, uh, is the hospital, the nurses of the hospital, yeah. will tell the, the woman that the baby was a girl and that it was dead on birth. But even if it's not dead, even if it's a boy, mm. they'll tell them that their, their child died and they will, they literally throw them in a dumpster. Wow. In the back of the hospital, like outside the back of the hospital. And, you know, like that's how worthless life is in in this country. Um, And it's just so like heart wrenching. You know, I'd never, I'd never heard anything like that before, Mm. you know, just how, you know, how meaningless life must be, you know, for these people. You know, that teach that life has meaning. They, mm. you know, they, they, in this country, they teach that, you know, all life is sacred, but then they go, then they turn around and they treat life like this, mm. you know. Well, you know, a lot of those babies were rescued by these people. You know, they would rescue babies that were thrown away. Mm-hmm. They'd rescue, you know, little girls that had been raped and that who were going to, going to be murdered because when, when you're raped, mm. when you lose your virginity, you, you can be honor killed, mm. you know? You can, you know, just all these awful things. So they would rescue these children um, wow. and raise them. And this is such a beautiful thing. Um, and they teach them in the ways of the word and the gospel and teach them about Jesus. And I just loved it. And they, every, every day, every day they have a daily schedule. I love it. And they, they, you know, they have worship in the morning and they have worship at night and they have time in the word. Together, you know, and it's just it was amazing to see while I was there well, while we were there, uh we actually put on a a show for them mm. um one of the nights that we were there. we put on a a uh kind of it was like a how do I describe it
0: like a sketch or something like it was like yeah. a sketch, yeah, so yeah. like
1: the sketch was based around like the story of like this donkey who uh, he was gray and he found the magic wishing cave where he went in and he could change his color. So he went in and he would, I wish I'm black. And then he would come out and he's like, ah, you know, there there are other two characters who'd like try to like argue with each other about which Mm. is better. Mm. And, uh, you know, he'd go back in and change his color again and they change his color again. And there's one time where he just couldn't decide. And then he came out a zebra Mm. and the cave collapsed and he couldn't change it again.
2: Oh wow. You know?
1: Uh, and the whole moral of the story was that like, you know, when we choose Christ, you know, we don't go back. Mm. Um, you know, it's, about like not going back and you know not turning back because you know christ is it you know yeah and uh so we're talking about this moral at the end of the sketch and the the government shows up like the government officials because they show up often to try to harass this was not
0: part of the sketch
1: yeah yeah this was not part of the sketch they they showed up in vehicles outside we didn't Hmm. hear them when they came but um you know, the government come, came often to try and find any reason to shut down the orphanage because they knew that they were Christian, they're Christian te- and they're teaching the, the children like you know about Jesus and stuff. So they look for every reason to shut them down. I've I've heard about them like stealing like forms hmm. and then and then asking them for the forms. Like you have to like oh, show wow. us these forms, but they had already stolen them. And if, you, if hmm. they didn't have them, like they you know they would take the children away. They did they've they've tried to steal children from the from the orphanage like straight up just go in and take children and run away. Like they've tried a whole bunch of stuff to just try to shut down this orphanage and you know get the kids out of there but it every time god like comes through with like some miracle and it's just like I heard a lot of the stories and I'm not going to talk about all of them but um you know the one first hand that I had was when these government officials showed up we didn't know it. The only person who knew it was the person who ran the orphanage. Mm. So we're upstairs in Ephraim's room talking about Jesus. So like 60 kids and, um, you know, the windows are wide open, you know, like they're big windows too. Mm-hmm. And the, it's not like very high off the ground. Yeah. Um, and, uh, one of the people comes up and they're like, Hey, like you guys need to hide because if they find you in here, this orphanage is going to get shut down. So mm. we went and hid in a room and, you know, after a while, uh, the guy comes up and he's like, okay, they've went away. And I just want to tell you, like, this awesome testimony. Hmm. And he says, when I went down to greet them, they the first thing they said when, when they greeted me was, that is some really beautiful music that's playing up in that upper room. <laughs> and, the, and the crazy thing was, there was no music at all. There yeah. was no music. It was just us talking about Jesus to the kids. Hmm. And if hmm. they would have had any suspicion, if, it would, if they would have came up and came looking for us and found us, like, hmm. it would have been over. Wow. But, you know, like... <laughs> you know, we believe that, like, God, like, sent his angels and they just, this heavenly music was, like, playing hmm. that these government officials heard and they thought it was beautiful. And they asked a couple of questions and they went away. Wow. You know, and I, and, oh, we're getting chills just talking about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see why. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Wow. That was, uh, hmm. that was something that shoved over my theological shelf. You Know, I, I count a lot, I encountered a lot there. There's crazier things mm-hmm. I can tell you about, but I'm not going to talk about it now because sure. you know, for time purposes, but yeah, um, you know, just everything I encountered in this country and especially there kind of showed me that I had been putting God in a box. Mm. You know, I, I was like, God, you know, you're all powerful, but you can only yeah. do these things, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it, um, but. Really, God can do anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean he will do everything. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that we should go seeking a a commodity from him, you know, as Mm -hmm. if healing or tongues or anything like that is a commodity that God offers to us. It's not, you know, these miraculous things that God does, they all have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's, every time I've encountered it, it's all been about changing somebody's life or changing somebody's heart. Or mm-hmm. you know something, you know, for for the growth of his kingdom, the benefit of his kingdom, and um, it's just awesome. So yeah, that's
0: my that's cool little story there. So I'll I'll ask you this question too as we close out here, yeah. Because I think it's it's so common for, I think what I've written here is it's it's so common for people. To go to a very, like, empowering worship service, you know, or whatever it is, or they meet a missionary and they hear some of the stories, and they walk away like, oh, I'm going to be a missionary. (laughs) Yeah. But often I feel like the follow-through in that is so lacking because it's like Mm that wasn't really your calling. You just got really emotional about it. Yeah. So how do you parse between this is an actual calling and this is just— an emotional feeling. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> yeah. how, how do you determine that being a long-term missionary like that, living this type of lifestyle, Yeah. how do you determine if that's for you or not?
1: So one of the things that I did to help myself figure that out, because it is a big question that you have mm-hmm. to ask yourself. And I, and I still ask myself that question. You know, it's important to just keep asking yourself, is this what God is is asking me to do right now with my life? Yeah. You know, because even if you are called to the mission field, God God could have you there for a short time to teach you something, and then that could change, mm. you know? Um, so one of the things I did to help myself figure it out at first um, was uh, when I was trying to decide what countries I wanted to visit for the kind of like the immersion trip mm-hmm. sort of idea, um, I had a choice between a group of countries that, like, there was a reason for me to go there, you know? Mm. Like, I, they were on my bucket list. You know you felt like yeah. a desire to go there. like yeah. there was already yeah. a desire to go there, like a knowledge about the countries, there was already yeah. a knowledge about the people and the language, and there was already an, like I had like a person I was interested in dating mm. that lived in one of those countries. Mm. So like I had a reason to go there, yeah, you know, like beyond just missions and I, and I took a st- and I, and then there was another set of countries which I had I hadn't heard about any of them except mm. for one. You know, I had only heard about one of the countries and I didn't know anything about it, hmm. you know. Um, and this set of countries, I had no connections. I had, there was no, none of my friends were going to be on the team, you know. Like, there was no reason for me to go besides this is a mission, missional, like, you know, this this is like a short-term trip, you know, hmm. to experience, like, these countries, the ministry of these countries, Um and i I backed away from the the countries that I had a connection to, and I said, "Okay, not this time, you know, which I had done that a lot, actually. I had a lot of opportunities mm. to go to that country, and God kind of shut the door on me, you know, which is good, um because I didn't need to go there yet
2: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah,
1: but these other countries I had no connection to, I was like, you know I'm going to go here, you know because if if I go here mm. and and I can and and this this fuels. And I don't know how to describe this it it would It would really show me, you know like is this is this for me if I'm going to a place mm. where you know the only reason I'm going is for exposure to the international missions, you know, and that's the only reason, the only connection. And when I went there, I had the time of my life, and I made, made so many friends, and I fell in love with the, all those countries that I went to, you know um, in Central Asia. And now I'm working with them again, you know, Mm. or I've worked with them again for six months, you know, those same people. And they want me to come back for Mm. a longer time, you know, which is an amazing feeling, you know, and it's, uh, but, you know, um, of course I I prayed about it too. Uh, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share that part of it with you because so many times we try to figure out if we want to do missions by going to the countries that are the most attractive to us yeah you know and and the the real the real thing is that you you won't know when you're going to a country that you have a connection to you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: like you might find out but it's easy to get distracted during a short-term immersion trip you know because it's all fun mm-hmm. it's all fun on games most of the most yeah. of the time you know even like with the work it's it's fun because you're with people that speak your language anyway yeah and you know like it feels good and uh you know, so mm. I, I would encourage you to, to like if you're going if you have the opportunity to go on a short short term trip to some place that you have no like idea, like Lord, what is this place? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh I would I would take that opportunity and mm. just while you're there, pray and pray and pray and ask God, like, Lord, is this a place that mm. you know you want me to be in? Is this a job that you want me to do? You know? And uh, you know it's not the same way for every person. Um, I mean, prayer is the is a big thing, and and you know God will open and close those doors as well. You know that's another factor in there. Like there are countries that I tried to go to where God was like, no, like you can't go there right now. Like I haven't called you there, you know. And uh, and then God opened the door for one of the countries for that last six months. You know, all of them, like everyone I tried was closed in Central Asia except for one. Mm and God directed me there, and mm-hmm. what happened was, I didn't know it. What happened was every person from the previous team I worked with, uh, like the native team that I worked with two years ago, mm-hmm. was on the team in the city that I, that I went to. Wow. Yeah, and it, like I had no wow. idea, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so God was like, I'm gonna have you go here, you know? And you know, like is is missions in my future, only God can say, mm-hmm. you know? i i want to go back i want to work in the mission field i've been learning russian you know i've been preparing myself or trying to prepare myself but it's ultimately in god's hands in the end Mm
2: -hmm. and that
1: is the mentality that i feel like we should all have but it's hard to fall out of sometimes you know yeah Uh, yeah it's true that's a lot of stuff yeah it's a lot (laughs) (laughs) that's good Information the, overload.
0: We'll close the tab on that. Oh, my gosh. I
1: didn't <laughs> drink as much as you did. <laughs> and here I
0: am <laughs> finishing this bad boy. Mm. But, yeah, dude, thank you so much wow. for being here. The
1: Noah White. Thanks for having me on. You know, like, this is this was really cool. I've, oh, never, of course. I've never podcasted like this before. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so. It's a
0: good time. We like just here just chatting. That's all we're doing.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, maybe in the future when I come down, you know, we can we can – uh, do it again. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. We'll get the old tray boy in here. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, thank you. So, I guess to summarize, there's a lot in there. <laughs> but I think to summarize as far as if – what I'll say is like it, with when it comes to missions work is it, it, it seems like if if that's something that you feel like you're interested in or something you're looking forward to, yeah, pursue those, those immersion trips. Yeah. You know, it could be in the form of a short-term trip or – however your church wants to label it or however, whoever wants to label it, but understand going there for the sake of, is this somewhere I could see myself long-term? Whether that's six months, whether that's, you know, 10 years, whatever that looks like. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And it sounds like you're saying, try the places that don't seem that attractive to you. Try, maybe try those out. See where God is calling you. God's going to open and close those doors, but we need to just keep pressing forward and, Try to open the doors and see which one's open, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing all that. That's a lot of stuff, yeah, and time. I know there's a lot in there that we can talk about and stuff that we've alluded to as well, um so it's cool to hear those and yeah, just some of like real life situations as well,
1: yeah, but so is there anything you wanna close with um No, no, not really. I I just, you know, anybody that's listening to this, I just want to encourage you that, you know, God has got you no matter what, you know, he will direct your life as long as you're looking to him. You know, if you're worried about, you know, whether you're called to missions or not, just continuously every day, give it to him, you know, and he will, he will open the doors as you try to open or as as he will open the doors that are right for you as you try Mm -hmm. to open them. You know, you don't know if a door is locked unless you try the knob. So, uh, Yeah. Mm. You know, so just.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's important to recognize that we're all missionaries in our own way. <laughs> Some of that, yeah. I think for the vast majority of us, it looks like the people you go to work with, the people you do life with. It's a very Christianese way of saying that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Like for me, it's like, yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. think international missions is my calling, at least right now. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's all right. But that seems like that was yours, at least for that time. Maybe it is again. Yeah. Um, It sounds like for you, hopefully it is again. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I hope so, you know. But we'll
0: see what God has for you. Um, But, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and watching or watching and watching maybe if you're doing both. And drinking. (laughs) Yeah. Drink along with us. we got the old Elliot Ness. Cheers to you, uh, Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) Check us out on Instagram if you guys want to keep up with what's going on. Sometimes we just post fun things because we're funny guys. Trey and I. Um, <laughs> that's uh, tipsy underscore theology.
1: I, I did not know that. And so if you now I need to go follow, dude, you got to follow us.
0: Yeah, isn't <laughs> yeah. that crazy? I didn't know We follow post a you. whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> and uh, if you like the show, you want to support us, we would greatly appreciate that. Go to slash uh, tipsy theology. We've got a lot of bonus content there for you guys as well, if that's what you're interested in. As far as we're gonna be, we're gonna be offering um, live streams and live Q and As that are private to Patreon. And on top of that, we're gonna be doing devotionals, and you'll get some merch stuff as well that we're gonna be we're working on. We're in, we got it in the works right now, but we got a lot of cool stuff. So check us out there. And thank you so much to Maximize Digital Media and Annie Yuli for producing this episode.
1: Yeah, Annie.
0: <laughs> and we will catch you guys on the next one.
1: Yeah. Goodbye, guys.